0: Welcome to Harp Song, presented by Moon Over the Trees Music and Theater Productions, bringing people together through collaboration, creativity, and community all through the arts. Thank you for joining us this week. I'm your host, Maureen Buscarino, and I hope to inspire you and to help you discover amazing music and artists from around the world. Hi, and welcome to season three of the Harp Song Podcast. I can't believe it. It's incredible. So thank you for listening and for your support. I am so excited to be kicking off this new season with today's guest, Liza Jensen. I really hope that you are taking time for yourself, for care, and for treating yourself with the same kindness that you would show a friend in need. Maybe that means playing your harp in the morning or composing a song as you watch the snow falling. Maybe you just are having a cup of tea and taking a breath to help you recharge. And just like us, our harps need some TLC every now and again. So let's take time to help the harps that help us and also keep nurturing and being kind to ourselves while we take those opportunities that cross our paths. As Liza says in this interview, we have to take the opportunities as they come and say yes to the open door. So many of you have sent in questions about harp regulation and maintenance, uh, tying strings, taking care of your instrument, I knew I had to have Liza on the show. I've known Liza for about 10 years or so, and she is just fantastic, as you will hear. My interview with Liza was recorded in November of 2021, just before she left for her harp regulation tour to Singapore. It was her first time back there since the COVID-19 shutdown. Through curiosity and determination and sometimes self-doubt, we can still welcome opportunity and the gifts that saying yes to life can bring. Liza Jensen is one of the most sought-after harp technicians in the world. Her journey of becoming a harp technician has taken her on her own personal journey of discovery that is sure to inspire so grab that cup of tea or coffee um, or sit with your harp and just enjoy this fun chat with Liza Jensen. Liza, thank you so much for being here with me today on Harp Song. I am so happy to see you. I haven't seen uh, you in
1: I, two years. I know. I haven't seen you in forever. Yeah. Really, and thank you for inviting me to do this. Like, oh, Very, very cool. Very cool that you did it. Oh, thanks. Thank you. You're so
0: super busy. I was like, when you were like, you were available, I'm like, yes!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this year picked up a lot. I mean, obviously last year was Mm. for everybody. Oh, sure. Harpists don't have work. Uh, Then I don't have work either. Thank goodness things are finally really starting to open up again. I'm going on my first international trip. Uh, since March of 2020, when I just got back from Bangkok on March 1st in the nick of time. Wow. So I'm going to Singapore. Singapore opened up to 13 countries. And so I will be going there. I won't be doing the normal tour because the other countries are still closed. Okay. Yeah. So, but I'm good. That's all good all good. Is it part of a festival over there or? No, it's just been three years since I've been there. Oh, wow. Cause usually they're bi-yearly and mm-hmm. Singapore and Australia are two of my biggest tours. Singapore, last time I was there and that's, that's the one place I only work on Camex, and there were 80. Wow. 80 Camex there, pedal harps. And that includes Jakarta, the main Bunch of them are in Singapore. So they have Katrina Tan, the fabulous Katrina Tan there. Mm. And um, highly organized. It's a wonderful trip. But yeah, so it's their Kuala Lumpur, Mm. Penang. And then the newest one is Jakarta.
0: And it's just you like traveling and working on their harps?
1: Yep. I stay in a hotel. Uh, it's in walking distance to Katrina's showroom mm. and also studio. She works with a bunch of other musicians, other harpists and a violinist. And they teach there. Yeah, it's it's an awesome space. It's really great. Mm. And so I work, they clear out one of the practice rooms for me. And then that's where I work wow. for two weeks. Oh. <laughs> So I walk there early in the morning, and then I walk back at night to the hotel, hmm. sleep, and just repeat for a couple weeks. There's some fun in there. Oh, okay. like,
0: I was going to say no sightseeing or...
1: Not a lot. Yeah. There's just not... With 80 harps, there's not time. Well,
0: I mean, I met you at Somerset, and that's what you do at the Somerset Folk Art Festival. Like, for four days, you are in a room
1: yeah, working on
0: harps. Like I, I, I
1: never step outside it's... for those... 4 days. I never see the light of day. You do teach right. people
0: the maintenance workshops, which are great, such a treasure for people to learn how to like keep their harps together, how to tie knots, like how many people don't know how to tie the harp knots too.
1: Yeah. That's that's something I I actually really wish that um teachers would teach more
2: mm.
1: of because it's part of the just absolute everyday maintenance of your instrument sure yeah and it's also very neglected and people have this terrible f- i don't know why but they're so afraid of i guess breaking their string to me it's strange yeah <laughs> they're like uh, you break a string they put a it's new so one on hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your strings break mm-hmm. that's It's the nature of the beast. Yeah. So. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm always happy. And, you know, now, and there's two different kinds of knots Mm. and I have helpful tips and tricks for each type of string as well. That's the little extra that I like to provide because nobody talks about that. Right, Right. Strings are different than gut strings. And then you have wire strings and, you know, wrapping it around the tuning pin and, how much do you leave? Uh, and so I, ma- I make it very simplified and easy. Is there
0: anywhere that people can, I don't know, find a video of you doing that or? Not
1: yet. Okay. But it will be coming because I've been talking about it for obviously way too long, way too long. Mm. Um, Emily Hopkins is actually, okay, this is kind of hilarious. I don't want to spoil it completely. Well, here's a spoiler. (laughs) Spoiler alert. (laughs) There's going to be a video coming out of me restringing an entire pedal harp. I came out to work on her, her little big blue, and I was showing her some tricks of wire strings. I mentioned that I can restring a whole harp in an hour including putting the extra string back in the package. She didn't believe me. She was like, no way. way." That's like a Houdini thing. (laughs) You know, because most people are like, yeah, it takes me like, I don't know, an hour to do an octave, and that's fast for them. Mm. And so because it's a very... I mean, I've done it for so long, obviously. And I've done hundreds and hundreds of strings, which I collect, actually. I've collected strings from all over the world. Because I'm going to do a project with these strings. It's a very boring job, you know? So I started making a game, how fast can I do it? And so she has videotaped it, and I have my fastest time ever, which I won't give away. And she's going to time lapse it. Is there like a Guinness World Record for that? I really doubt it. (laughs) Well, maybe (laughs) Maybe, you could be it. You know, put that in. So, yeah, you should be in the Guinness Book, right? (laughs) No, I'm serious. (laughs) How cool would that be? I know. I know. (laughs) I was talking with Parker Ramsey. I was also discussing this with him. And we were like, wouldn't it be hilarious if like a whole bunch of techs got together (laughs) and had a race? Yes. and the one rule is you can't use a hammer. You can't hammer them out. It has to be all by hand, oh my gosh. which it should be anyway. I just <laughs> thought that would be hysterical.
0: Yeah, it'd be like the Great British Bake Off, but with a uh, harp string. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. <laughs> There's probably an audience for that.
1: <laughs> probably? I don't know. But, yeah, it would have to be like... Well, I know I can do it in under an hour. So Yeah. All right, right kids. Get cracking.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right. Now that you've sent the dare out to everybody. And and I know like guitarists that are like, oh, it's taking me forever to tune my guitar. I'm like, you've got six strings. Like, spare I me. Am. <laughs> Please. So, yeah. I I've gotten pretty fast with like, you know, tuning my harp over the years. So I'm happy with I, that.
1: Yeah. You just do.
0: Yeah. And there's plenty of harpists, like they get lazy. They don't want to tune their harp,
1: but that's, you have to tune. So. Well, and the funny thing is that they don't know. Strings have a memory. And so the more often you tune your harp, the less you have to tune your harp. Interesting, Yeah. Yeah. So it's very, in- I did this little experiment. I did a lot of COVID experiments because <laughs> I had <have> time. <laughs> so one of my little experiments. Was so when you tune a harp, let's say I tuned it to 444, which is really high and left it that way for like a month. And then when I went to tune it back to 440, those strings within an hour mm. started climbing up again. No way. Yeah. Climbing back up to get to 444. So strings truly have a memory. Huh. So if you keep not tuning your strings and they're going flat that's where they want to be, Hmm. flat. And so when you tune every day that string to the same pitch, that's where it wants to be. It has that memory. That's really interesting. Is that true
0: for, like, um, gut strings and...
1: Nylon and nylon strings, it's true, but they can be also more susceptible to temperatures. Hmm. But generally speaking, like, as a general rule, Yeah. yeah. All strings have a memory.
0: How did you get into harp tech? I mean, I I know that you are classically trained harpist and flautist and
1: what got you into harp tech? Yeah, that was a surprise. (laughs) It was not a planned career choice. (laughs) I auditioned for Eastman and they, on both harp and flute, Mm. but they accepted me as a harpist. And they gave me a really big scholarship. Awesome. And I did not want to be a harpist Hmm. at all. I knew that. But I also knew that somehow harp was going to get me into places that maybe the flute didn't. Anyway, and it got me out of my town, so I took it. (laughs) (laughs) Get me out of my small town. Mm. Love you, but I'll see you
0: later. (laughs) (laughs) But you were studying harp, though. I mean, you couldn't just, like, walk into Eastman and not have lots of training. I thought
1: I was a lousy harpist. (laughs) I I started in seventh grade. I come from a family of musicians, Mm. so... My mother's a flutist. She had a huge flute studio. Mm. At one point, she had like 70 students. I grew up in the mountains. So people actually traveled all the way mm. up there because that was just from town, like a 45-minute drive. I started playing flute when I was in sixth grade. My mom had me take piano in first grade, mm. and that was terrible. <laughs> I hated it. Hated it. <laughs> Lord, I hated it. And I faked it. How did you fake it? I faked it. I did not learn the notes. I did not learn my treble or bass clef reading. Mm. And so my teacher would play the excerpt, you know, and it's beginning piano. It's not hard to remember. Mm. And so I just copied her for the next lesson. Mm. And my mom, as the, you know, as the year progressed, And the music was becoming a little more difficult. My mom sort of figured out that I couldn't read music. (laughs) (laughs) So she let me quit. (laughs) (laughs) And then my brother uh, played baritone Mm. uh, in elementary school. And I adored him. And I wanted to be just like him. And I copied him. So then uh, in fourth grade, then I started playing the baritone. And I started lugging the baritone home Hmm. on on this, you know, very long bus ride. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And it was as big as me. I was going to (laughs) say. Oh, my word. Yeah, it was pretty hilarious. Oh,
0: that's so cute, though. You want to
1: do that? (laughs) Yeah. And I still didn't read music. I cheated and, you know, wrote the notes above Hmm. the staff. That didn't really stick either. (laughs) (laughs) But it was fun, you know. I had fun playing the baritone. It was a goofy instrument. And then that's when I I begged my mother to play flute.
2: Mm.
1: And then she was like, no, because you'll quit. No, because you'll quit. Mm. And you won't learn the treble clef. Blah, 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 blah. So I promised. And then she caught me playing her flute. Oh. Which was huge Mm no-no. Huge no-no. But... Got her attention. <laughs> so that got me started. And flute, I took off. Cra- like, it was crazy. Mm. I I would play the same three pages for hours and hours and hours. I loved the feeling. Um, I loved how it sounded. I loved the control and mm. the playfulness. And I think also listening to students all day long, you know, because mm. my mom was teaching. Sure, so. yeah. There's that in kind of osmosis happening as well, right? <laughs> you know what you want to sound like because you have so many examples throughout the day, every day, right? Where and the harp I didn't have that, you know, I didn't have that same kind of input. Mm. I'm just wondering, you, like you had
0: this nice portable little instrument, and then you decided I want to play something gigantic that I'm going to need a truck to like move around. <laughs>
1: Well, <laughs> and that's, it. I guess, the other thing was so my mom's friends who live three hills over <laughs> called my mom one day, and my mom yelled up the stairs, Camille wants to know if you want to take harp lessons. And I said, sure. <laughs> it got me out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't like some like lifelong dream or anything. That's (laughs)
0: That's such a touching story, Eliza.
1: (laughs) It got me out of the house. I know. It's very very over romanticized.
0: (laughs) Love it. It didn't call to you and and you heard the strings vibrating and you had to go towards it.
1: In my heart and just I knew was what I was gonna do the rest of my life
0: it's like yeah sure why not
1: (laughs) pretty much (laughs) i enjoyed it don't get me wrong oh yeah but it was it's it's completely different instrument than the flute sure the flute is so wind oriented and intern internally oriented Mm. you know it's so much like singing sure you know so your head vibrates the shape of your mouth uh, how you breathe using your diaphragm mm. um so and that i think suited me more as a musician and also cuz the harp was so gestural and when you're in junior high and you're long and lanky and gawky you're very self-conscious well i was i was very self-conscious about the way my hands and my elbows, you know, cause I was this loose salzado method, you know? So it was very, very gestural and then like the whole pedal thing. And I think I was so overly self-conscious about that. So I couldn't enjoy the actual playing so much as I could with the flute. Mm. But I still practice. I got up at five o'clock in the morning. That was my bathroom time. Hmm. And then uh, practiced before school harp from six to seven. And then I would come home from school and practice flute at least for two hours. Wow. But often three or four. So anyway, I'm making this a very long story. No, I love it. It's it's <laughs> no, it's it's great. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a refreshing story too, you know. I mean, it's it's a, such an honest like kid kind of thing. It's like not like I was 2 years old and I heard a hop from afar and I it drew me to it. You're just like, "Ah, oh, it's you know." I was like, "Yeah, sure." You know, I mean, it, it's,
1: I, <laughs> it's it's great. No, it, it's no really fanfares.
0: <laughs> but that's, you know, like I mean, it just like crosses your path and, you know, it's just like, "Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. sure."
1: It did. It did cross my path. Yeah, so then, you know, and then we did have the twice a year harpist go and get evaluated through the AHS. So it was like the two, twice a year, so you're working on a piece, but you're not finished, and then you get evaluated. Mm. So actually, so my harp teacher, we would, I think there was three of us in my town, her daughter who told very good ghost stories. So we would drive to Seattle, which was a three-hour drive for us, for the evaluations. Mm. And I remember meeting Lynn Palmer. She was the adjudicator for those evaluations. And it was also fun because you're not with your parents. And we go to the, you know, we go down to the, the waterfront in Seattle, mm-hmm. you know, where they tossed the fish and they had, you know, the open market. So that was a very exciting getting out to play the harp. I did not know if, whether I was actually a good harpist or not mm. because there was only three of us, you know. So there was no real comparisons, mm. I guess. So I ended up auditioning for Eastman and they gave me a lot of money mm. And I sort of had imposter syndrome. I was just like, they're crazy. (laughs) I I think they kind of would know if they, you know. Would think. (laughs) (laughs) And that was Kathleen Bride's first year teaching there. And I loved her. She was great. I really liked her. I never felt like I worked hard enough for her. but. She also said, you know, you don't need to practice more than three hours a day Hmm. because one, you don't want to injure yourself. And two, and I really took this to heart, you need to have a life Hmm. to put back into your instrument, to put back into your music. Right. And I was like, ah, I love you. That makes so (laughs) much sense. What a huge... what a humanistic approach yeah honestly yeah and so and for that i really really appreciated her so i was only there for a year and then i changed majors because i changed to flute (laughs) 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 so then that brought me back to washington state and i did that did not finish that degree either Moved to Tennessee to do a music therapy degree. Okay. Because I also, there was an interim that I didn't uh, go to school. Took a break. And I worked in uh, United Cerebral Palsy daycare. And kind of got a bug that I wanted to work with autistic children. And and I, you know, and I loved working with kids. Oh. I adored working with kids. And I thought, in a more practical sense, like if I don't get an orchestra job or, you know, whatever, yeah, this could be a good, practical fallback job, sure, for me. But the program I was in was focused at the time was focused on prenatal care and geriatric care. Oh, okay. And there's like, you That's, know, Yeah, nothing in the, the yeah. Yeah, so I dropped out of that program too. Oh, right. But I did continue studying flute. So I was in Tennessee for five years. Now, during that time, I did not play the harp at all because hmm. I never owned one and I borrowed one there was a harpist in town and I babysat for her. And in order to rent this harp, it was like a lot, it was tiny. Oh my Lord. Pedal harp, but tiny. Hmm. And like E pedal didn't work. Oh. It, you could make it go in sharp, but it wouldn't come back up. Oh. like I had to manually lift it. <laughs> <laughs> it stick drive. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> And I remember a tech came through town and was like, and I said, Hey, can you fix this? And he said, no. And I was like, Oh, but isn't that your job? (laughs) He didn't say that. I thought it. (laughs) Yeah. I would think that too. And then, you know, also thinking back in high school, the high school harp when I was playing in orchestra Mm. was always buzzing. And I always knew it was like, I could tell it was the disc. And so I was always yetzing around with the disc, but not knowing what I was doing Mm. just to get it to stop buzzing. So those are like two things that kind of pop out as far as like a little bit of techie things. So then I moved to New York and I thought, you know, I need a job. So why don't I start playing harp again. You know, I'll do the weddings, I'll do the corporate parties, that'll be fine. But I needed to rent a harp. And I didn't know anybody in New York. So I called Peter Reese of Harps International. Mm -hmm. He was the closest. And he actually brought me a Wurlitzer, an old Wurlitzer. Wow. And it was lovely. It Mm. was very lovely. And then actually through him, I was sort of a satellite store for him. Mm. And we started working together. So I was renting harps and selling harps then. Ah, oh, okay. And in the meantime, I was also doing flute gigs and playing flute and teaching. So I had uh, this harp studio showroom, oh. and I hadn't played in like seven years. So through that, I kept thinking, well, maybe, maybe if I understood how the harp worked that would just give me more confidence. Hmm. And then I started inquiring also with Peter Reese started asking around. And there's one fellow, I call him Mr. No. I'm not going to say who Mr. No. Same. (laughs) It was the same one who came through Tennessee. (laughs) And we're friends. Like it's totally cool. But, (laughs) but, uh, I asked him, you know, if I could learn from him and he said, no, (laughs) no, Which, and I understand, I do, I, I understand why. Hmm. I didn't at the time understand why. Hmm. So, again, through Peter, Peter actually introduced me to John Pratt. So, John Pratt is the son of Samuel Pratt. Samuel Pratt helped design harps hmm. for Lion and Healy. Oh. Samuel Pratt designed the Troubadour. Hmm. And... Also, if you know the Style 30, Prince, that's the Princess Louise model. Okay. So the Princess Louise was his wife. So uh, John accepted. They're out in Utah hmm. in Manti. And so I went out and studied privately with him. Hmm. And the very first harp I ever worked on was the original Princess Louise, Style 30, her hmm. personal harp. Wow. Yeah. So I was very, very nervous. Sure. (laughs) They didn't seem to be that concerned, but I was. Of course, I would be too. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So when I was working out there and and it was so fascinating and super cool. And I just didn't realize that I had a mechanical mind. Hmm. I had no idea. Uh, But then... Like I brought up when I was tweaking in high school, the discs. Right, right, right. You know, and then the whole thing, you can't fix the pedal and you can't fix the pedal. Like, you know, and also I fixed the vacuum cleaner as a kid, (laughs) (laughs) but those things don't accumulate really in your mind quickly Hmm. to having a mechanical mind, especially if you spend all your time practicing these two instruments, sure, and going to orchestra, you know, adult mm-hmm. orchestra, middle school, uh, you know, high school orchestra, and you have flute choir, and mm-hmm. you know, you have all these ensembles that you're in. So it's just music, 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 music thrown at you. Anyway, so yeah, John said, "Well, you're a natural. Mm-hmm. Like you're great at this." And I was like, "Really?" Aww. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So the thing though was he taught he taught me the basic, you know, he taught me regulation, the basic idea and concept of it. Hmm. What he did not do was really explain to me the why. Hmm. And that was the next part of my journey. So I practiced doing regulations with you know, with Peter Reese's harps. Meanwhile, I'm still teaching and playing out and gigging and doing all that. I was playing in the subway system, which was totally, totally fun. Hmm. And so about a year later, then I worked with Pat Dougal. Hmm, Okay. And he took me on and Pat made me take the harp apart. Hmm. Wow. All of it all 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 of it all the discs off all the tiny screws all the parts wow and reassemble it so that i could see the inside and i can understand completely how each part is related Mm -hmm. to other oh yeah that makes total sense so yeah yeah yeah. and then it was like oh okay so many aha oh i get it oh okay Cool, cool. And I loved it. I totally loved it. I grew and up so- in a
0: piano store, so we'd, we'd take oh, wow. the pianos apart, and we'd have to clean them and fix them. And um, I, I should show you at one point, I have a this neat gadget that Yamaha – we sold Yamaha's um, grand pianos and all. Um, I think we are the – it was the second oldest <clears throat> Yamaha dealership on the East Coast. Um wow. Yamaha gave the dealers this really cool – um, mock-up of the the key. So what happens when you hit the key and then the hammer hits the string? And um, right. so I have like, it's, it's, you know, so as a kid, like I would take the piano apart and, you know, like know how to fix it and put things back together. And which, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was like, I, I probably still have boxes of like old piano parts and things, but I relate to like what you're saying, like taking the whole harp apart And I'm just wondering, like, I'm thinking like, Do you find any kind of correlation between, like, piano and harp um, at all? Not really. Okay. (laughs) I'm just (laughs) – I mean, it is kind of totally different, I guess. Like, you know.
1: Well, I don't – I mean, other than, like, the actual shape. Yeah, yeah. You know, like – but when you think about it, I mean, of course, there's the tension of the strings themselves. But that's another thing is – Um, you know, a piano also has steel strings. Mm. It doesn't have natural fiber strings. So the tension on a piano is so much more tremendous than it is on a harp, which is why it has the metal frame to keep it from falling apart. Whereas the harp has that fragility it's still very strong, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. It's very resilient for the most part. But you know, if it had a steel actually the original, I have to think about this. The original Louis the Fifteenth harp
2: mm-hmm.
1: has a steel frame in it. Really? Yes. Wow. Apparently it took 50 years for the sound to open up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's what I heard. <laughs> So I know Sam Milligan owned it for quite some time. Oh, wow.
0: For me, like when you're talking about taking the harp apart, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that's so cool. It, it is like, it's like a puzzle. It's like a really cool big puzzle to like.
1: Right. Yeah. And I loved puzzles when I was a kid, too. They're all kind of connected.
0: So oh, you were talking about Pat Dougal and, and all.
1: Oh, yeah, so. Pat. So I worked with him also. And Pat just ended up being a real just just a real kind and giving uh, obviously a wealth of information and very down to earth so down to earth and really cared he he didn't like fanfare and didn't didn't want he wanted people to really understand i don't even know how it started but I just started calling him for advice because that's the other thing I don't, I didn't have anyone to call upon if I had a question, Hmm. you know, being new and encountering new problems like on the road. And although I wasn't really on the road yet and he was just fun. He was, he's a cook, you know, so we we like talking about recipes and Hmm. You know, we would talk about life and he was just lovely. Oh. And so I guess maybe a year after that, I don't know how, but I just started getting more and more regulations. Oh. I just, I just did, I think out of heart necessity, you know, in the, in the area. And so that was about when CAMAC contacted me to become a warranty, just a warranty repair service here in the U.S. Mm. And so I went there. I was like, oh, my God, I can't <laughs> believe it. I've just been, I've only been doing this for like three years. <laughs> my oh, gosh, voice in my head. <laughs> so I ended up going with Ed Galchick and Tom Bell. And we met in, we met in Paris and then took the train to Musée. Oh. And out to the factory out there. And we just worked out there for a couple days. It was kind of funny because I'm a a little bit of a unicorn being a woman in the field. Um, Especially back then. Mm. Not so much now, but definitely back then. Mm. And um, they wanted us to put a harp together. And, uh, you know, they hand me the drill. And so the fellow in the factory was, like, moving his elbow Cause they just speak French. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he's trying to communicate something to me mm. and it's, you know, he's jerking his elbow and I'm like, so I put up my two fingers. I, in like, I understand I'm mm. nodding my head. Yes. Yes. Cause he's trying to signal, watch out for the torque. Oh. So when you get to the end, don't let, don't let the um, drill fly out of your hands. Mm, sure. <laughs> like, it's okay. Like I got this. Yeah, I've <laughs> seen drills you know. before. And yeah. I and so we each had so there was like three of these big bolts to like put in. So Tom went, Ed went, and then it was my turn and they do the whole like warning torque thing. <laughs> and I do it and and I stopped just at the very end mm. and and I, I got applause. Oh. <laughs> which was fine okay and it's like it was kind of funny you know yeah it's the woman in the room i get it okay yeah but but and I have very skinny little arms, but I'm stronger than I appear.
0: Yeah, I've seen you flip a harp, so. There you know. I mean, not in like a world wrestling kind of thing, but just in right. a to, to fix I'm it. Take you down? I
2: will.
1: I will master you. I will. Dominate. I'm
0: the
2: regulator. That's right. <laughs>
0: totally. Oh my gosh! So is. There are huge differences in, um, like, a Kamek harp
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, versus a more, like, traditionally made yes. harp.
1: Because I, they're completely re-engineered. There is this simplicity of design and elegance of the, sim- like, the elegance of simplicity. They're so sophisticated. Um, and... Because they worked with a harpist and they worked out harpist some harpist issues mm. as well. You know, the ergonomics and the feel and functionality as well. Mm. And so they're very stable. They're very for me. I can take I can I can take a Kamek apart in, in this showroom. Mm. Or my my you know workspace. Not that I can't do a Lion and Healy, but it's just it's just different. Mm. It's just totally different. So Joel Garnier is the original uh, designer mm. of Chemicarps and he designed airplanes. And so if I recall correctly, the cables are from the brake are what airplanes use. In the brake lines wow. of airplanes, mm. so also because they're malleable, they're not going to break. They're fle- they're pliable. They're flexible. Right, right. Whereas a pedal rod, a pedal rod is stiff. It's also hardened steel. Mm. Which is stronger, but it is also more um, brittle. So it's stronger and more rigid, but it's also more brittle. And so I know they made the couplers longer, I believe Sam Milligan came up with that, Hmm. uh, concept, but they still always, when they break, they always break it right above the coupler because they have to curve at the very end to join the coupler to the pedal. And also because of the way the spring is only at the bottom, and so the spring's pushing the pedal it's pushing the rod rod up and the rod back up and just like a paper clip eventually over time that breaks wow yeah it's a long period of time oh sure yeah that's a big job to fix they just snap left and right they (laughs) do not but they snap at the usually most inopportune time Mm.
0: (laughs) wow so that must be a bear to fix too Oh,
1: not usual. It's not that bad. Why well, you just need the rod. Yeah. You need the pedal rod. That's the biggest hurdle. Right. I did have, I've only had one pedal rod break
2: hmm.
1: at the top. Huh. At the top. And that's horrifying. And I was in Turkey. Hmm. It was also the harp to the president's orchestra. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> What did you do?
2: I sweat
1: a <laughs> lot. Wow. I oh sweat profusely. Yeah. And I had to hand drill. I had to hand drill that piece out. Wow. It was, it was absolutely nerve wracking. And the thing is because it's up, it's up in the neck. Mm. So you only have a window of like two inches wow. to work in. Wow. Yeah, so it's just, and if, and if you screw up the threading in the top coupler, mm. you are s- not in a good place. <laughs> I'm going to use some swear words, but we'll just say you're in a very, very bad place.
0: Well, I'm glad that didn't happen. Like, that didn't happen, right?
1: Yeah, I oh. feel like a champ. Like, when those things, that's, like, that's the excitement also, yeah. like, It's the hate love part of the job. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening to me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then, you know, I'm swearing silently like a (laughs) sailor in my mind because there's other people around. And um, I've changed one of my – (laughs) so, actually, when I'm upset, you know I'm really upset if I say, God bless America. (laughs) I'm really sorry, folks, who love America. I mean, I love America. I really, really do. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I am a very fine citizen of Mm -hmm. the U.S., but I don't know why I chose that phrase. It just works.
0: I I have a friend that just goes, good times, good times. (laughs) Every time, like, something really bad happens. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Is that, like, one of the more bizarre like repair stories that you have i'm you've got to have like some doozies no
1: oh, i have the story like my like yeah my worst freaking story oh i cried i cried i think i had a minor panic attack um i was in brazil and it was one of my first trips so jacques After I became the warranty repair service here in the US, Mm. several years later, Jacques asked me to be his international tech. Mm. And so this was one of my very first international trips. I was very nervous uh, and I'm in Brazil and I'm so, I mean, I'm nervous and excited and like, you know, all the emotions. And, you know, and I want to be impressive and I want to be, you know, just spot on, but I don't know what I'm encountering. Also, they have a lot of erards down there and I don't mean the salvia erards. <laughs> I mean, the original ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, I, I, I never worked on them before.
0: So what, uh, how, how old are they? Like,
1: I mean, are they like 200 years old? Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But this particular harp was, so we had con- we had been in emailing, she sent me some photos. It was a Salvia Angelica, and Salvia Angelica's, there was only, I can't, under 150 made, hmm. I believe. Not a lot. Um, and it had an aluminum column. Huh. Yes. And so... When she played, it had this horrendous rattling. I mean, horrendous. <sighs> Clearly from the aluminum column sure. and whatever's going on inside. And so Salvi had started making these, what are called pedal packs, which is what Lion and Healy and Salvi, Lion and Healy picked it up oh. later. And I conferred with Pat Dougal because it was a job I'd never done before. So photos are sent. Concepts are understood. It's like, oh, okay, it's hmm. tedious. I have to pull out all the pedal rods. And then, so this pedal pack in the photo that Pat sent me, the new pedal pack, so it's just a broad piece of plastic, black plastic that has pedal rods in tubing. Okay. Nylon, like a, a hard nylon, hardish. Nylon tubing, mm. and then that is shrink-tubed to the harder piece of plastic, and so the pedal rods move through the tubes okay. freely. You know, they're 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 oiled, mm. and so they move freely. So the old old school was when they were metal uh, tubes. Okay, <clears throat> so they used to be metal pedal rod tubes. Now they've switched over to these nylon tubings. And I'm like, uh, okay, so I got to pull the old one out and put the new one in, put the pedal rods in, blah, la blah, blah. So I get to this harp, and there's... It, it's not doing what it's supposed to be doing. Hmm. Um, and it's like the last harp of my trip. And so uh, there's this like crinkling. I hear... like i'm poking around i'm like what yeah what is that it doesn't make any sense and there's only and i can't see up inside the column and there's just this hole that's maybe half an inch high and like maybe two and a half inches wide and i'm just like i can't see i I don't get it. I can see the ends of the tubes, though. So I loosened the pedal rod, and I pulled the whole thing out. And I was like, huh, this doesn't feel right. I was getting nervous. And I was like, maybe I'm just not made for the, like, maybe I shouldn't do this. I started chickening out. And so I tried to put it back in. It wouldn't go back in. Oh. And I was like, what? What? What?" <laughs> and then I'm super freaked out. I was like, I just ruined this heart. I just ruined this heart. I can't believe I just ruined this heart. And I'm like, okay, just calm down and, you know, chill out. Like, you know, you can get this. And so I kept trying to put the tube back in to the hole that I can't see. Mm. God. <laughs> and something is jamming. It's just jammed. And I cannot figure it out. And I'm like, oh my God, oh my god, oh my god. And I'm and I'm spinning out of control. My brain is just out. Mm. And I was like, and I'm gonna have to all oh, all the money that I just made, I'm just gonna have to like use it to ship this heart back to Pat Dougal. Mm. And uh and I just uh, <laughs> you know and I started bawling uh, alone oh. <laughs> in my misery. And then I call, so I called Pat. Mm. I'm calling Pat from Brazil. And I'm telling him, and I'm like, and I ruined it, and, and I don't know what to do. And he goes, honey, it's okay. You're okay. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. He goes, you know what I would do if it were here? I was like, no. He goes, I'd rip it all out. I was like, uh-huh. He goes, well, that's what you have to do. You just got to rip it all out. <laughs> I was like, yeah. He was like, you can do this, honey. You Aww. got this, babe. I was like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, wow. He was so great with me. And he had such confidence in Aww. me. It was just wonderful. You know, and and so I took a walk around the park and Actually, the the park had all these, uh, had a fair going on, Mm. like a street vendors and whatnot. So it kind of distracted me. I calmed down, went through what Pat was saying, like, you just got to rip it out. I was like, okay, that's what I got to do. I just got to rip it all out because you got to know what's inside in order to work with it. So I had these long tweezers, like really long tweezers. and. So I started poking around. I hear the crinkle, crinkle again. Hmm. So I'm picking it out. And it's, there's this sticky cellophane stuff. Weird. I was like, okay, huh. keep going, keep going, keep going. And then I see there's like a piece of wood. And so I grab the piece of wood and I pull that out. And I'm like, why is there wood inside? Hmm. That doesn't make any sense. That's not what's supposed to be in here. So it's this big sliver that had broken off of something else. Oh. Okay. So now I'm past my fearful part. Mm. Now I'm in my curious zone. Right. Like now how, I'm how I'm did in that the get there? Point, yeah, you know? yeah. I was like, okay, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And we gotta. Now, I want to know what this is now. <laughs> and so I, like, I started pulling out, like, there was little bits of cloth, and finally, I get to the, to the main chunk, and I had to sit on my butt, put my feet on the bottom of the harp <laughs> to push, to be able to pull oh whatever God. was up inside there. Wow. And it was this prototype of the pedal pack. Oh, wow. So, what it was, the crinkle crinkle, mm. was packing tape. They left the packing yeah. tape on? Packing tape. Oh. So, oh. it was, instead of having the thin, sleek um, plastic, mm-hmm. and then the shrink wrap tubing. Right. To contain all the smaller tubes. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a a piece of, like Home Depot two, like, wow. two by one, <laughs> and then, and then it had the it still had the the tubing the pedal rod tubing, mm. but that was in place with that stringy, packaging tape, like that you use wow. for shipping, and that had disintegrated, wow, over time. And so the whole thing was just rattling around in there. So it was repaired yeah.
0: before with this weird wonky. No, I
1: think that's what they just did.
0: Oh, that was the original.
1: I oh. think that was just the original. Wow. Before they ever came up with, you know, the system that they have. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's like Indiana Jones and in the harp. I know. <laughs> I found was-
1: packing tape. <laughs> <laughs> I've told a couple harp techs this story wow. and they are like, I wouldn't do that on the road, <laughs> let alone another country.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, good for you. And then you got the uh, new pack in and you got it working and.
1: I did. I mean, there was still like other hurdles, wow. but that was my big, that's probably my biggest, scariest drama
0: on the road. I think you work on Lever Harp too, which must be a lot easier <laughs> in a lot of ways to like.
1: There is, it is, and it, But it has its other issues Mm. as well, especially depending on the kind of levers that you have, Mm. how much your harp has warped, and there's just certain limitations as well. It is kind of apples and oranges. Okay. There's obvious similarities, you know. It's mechanically easier, Mm. sure. So do you, like, have a preference of which one you like working on more that's more fun for you, or...? No, it depends on the challenge I think that comes up Mm. because I like the, like to regulate, it's pretty mundane Tune to, you know, you're Mm. plucking a string, plucking a string, plucking a string, getting an la, and it's, it's very tedious, very repetitive. Mm. And so when you get a problem, it's like, Ooh, gotcha.
2: Something new.
1: Like now, now it's fun. Mm. Skate and on the road, there's that added, maybe a little bit of adrenaline mm. junkiness <laughs> going on.
0: But I mean, I be and you work on like on your own. So I mean, it's like you said, it must get a little lonely at times too. But um, <laughs> it just takes a lot of like concentration and focus too. It's uh, to just to like there's keep going, hyper
1: focus. Yeah. Like you've seen me at Somerset, Mm -hmm. like it's just in the room and then people come by, they have questions they want to know about. And the other thing too, this is, this is a big deal to me. One reason it does take me longer is that also I like to talk to you about your harp. Mm. I want to know, are you having specific issues? But then also I have very sensitive ears. Mm. So I may hear a buzz that You didn't even know existed or, you know, or even if you come to me with an, with a problem that you do know exists, I want you to understand what it was I did to make it go away Mm. because a lot of times it's just something silly more often, more often than not, it's something silly, like mm. string end, you know? That's why I give the classes. Right. It's like, here's your checklist of what to check for that you can do easily mm-hmm. for yourself, especially yeah. in the lever harp world. I feel that there's a lot of negligence in the lever harp world, mm. not necessarily by owners on purpose. Um, it's just they don't know. Right. They don't know their harp needs regulating and it' not the same way that pedal harps do, or as often, but they but they do. You know, they, they have the st- pressure of the strings. They still warp. Mm-hmm. The soundboard still gets a belly. The neck still goes crooked. Your column gets a C curve to it. Mm. You know, and all of this happens over, you know, a slow period of time. Sure, sure.
0: So how um, often should they get their harps regulated? So, like, lever harp. Versus pedal
1: harp. Uh, it it really depends on your instrument and how well it was built, mm. and and it you know and it's the same for pedal harp too. It's like there are some pedal harps that are just don't move. Mm. They're awesome, you know. So even a, in pedal harp world, a minimum of every other year,
2: mm.
1: minimum. But if you're a professional. Every day, you know, you're out and about. Yeah, it's a good idea every year. Right. And then for lever harp, again, it, if you have a harp that doesn't move a lot, like every three or four years. Hmm. But if your harp does shift more, then you will need more servicing. Gotcha. And and then people would find you or other harp techs, or they w-
0: could regulate themselves.
1: Not all, the, not all the harp techs work on lever harps. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's, I guess, another way that I, f- I feel that they're very neglected. Hmm. It's getting better, I think, you know, and I feel like part of that is a lot of because of Somerset. Hmm. Having the leather harp just be, it's so much more accessible than the pedal harp. Accessible in multiple ways, financially, hmm. friendly wise, you know, people wise, hmm. You know that Somerset Full Card Festival I've been going to since it started. Wow! You know, so I've seen I've seen it grow hmm. to this wonderful gigantic <laughs> yeah this <religious. laughs> <It> definitely <laughs> is yeah so, it, 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 and so it's very exciting you know because there used to be this I Sunita Stanslow I love this. She used to introduce herself as a recovering pedal harpist. <laughs> <laughs> and she's so beloved mm. in, you know, the lever harp world. Sure. You know, and she has these wonderful arrangements. But that w- that's a real thing. Mm-hmm. People did not consider the lever harp a real harp. And there's still a stigma there. Oh, when are you going to play the real harp? Sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like it is a real harp all right it's oh is
0: that a student harp i'm like no professionals play these on stage and travel
1: around the world with them yeah and what they do now i mean the people that are playing oh sure it's like mind-blowing yeah like Maeve gilchrist
0: and um like kim robertson and like so
1: many other like amazing oh my god yeah are you kidding me yeah and Edmar has his way, his uh-huh. style of playing. Right. But on a traditionally South American instrument. Right. Which is also made
0: by, he has a Kamek that that is built to his specs. Edmar
1: has to need a harp. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think lever harpists have to apologize <laughs>
1: for like, I
0: just play lever harp? And you yeah. worked with jo- Joanna Newsom? Like you were a tech when she was?
1: Oh, in the, the Stephen Colbert show. Oh, right. Yeah. I've been her techie for for several times now. Mm. She's lovely. In fact, the very first time, this was so cute, so freaking cute. She's playing at the King's Theater in Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah. And I think she had it at King's Theater and the Apollo. So at the Apollo show, I had a phone call and it was a beginning harpist who wanted to rent a harp from me. Mm. And then they were saying, like, they just had seen Joanna Newsom. Like, she wanted to play harp because she, she loved Joanna's songs. Right. And she had been to the King's Theater, hmm. like, the like night before. Wow. And I said, oh, I'm actually here now at the <laughs> Apollo with Joanna Newsom. And I was telling Joanna about this. Hmm. And so she was such a wonderful sport. And so the student was going to have her first lesson and so and I explained you know the little story and I thought it would be so cute if I could text a photo mm. of Joanna to this girl Aww. like and so Joanna wrote on a on like a styrofoam plate <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have a great first lesson oh that's so sweet <laughs> and so We took a goofy photo together with this sign oh you know, she let me text it to the parents and That's so amazing. Really, really, really sweet of her to do that. Yeah.
0: And that student's gonna remember that. Like
1: Oh, totally. Yeah.
0: Oh wow. So (laughs) yeah, I I just I think it's really cool that it just seems to be like becoming more and more popular. So, um and you are so busy with all of your like like your your skills are sought after around the world. I mean, which is like If you don't mind, like I have this quote from um, Jacques Francois um, from CAMAC. Do you mind if I yes. read it? I don't know if it, you probably know it. It um, said, so Liza is both an excellent technician and a gifted harpist. I know firsthand how useful it can be to combine these skills, and I'm very impressed by Liza's competence and perception, and I'm delighted that, that CAMAC owners may benefit from Liza's work as our official international technician, and I confidently – recommend her to all our clients so around the world which is to know that with your skills you even you have that get that imposter syndrome too when you're so like sought after and knowledgeable and flexible and and you're personable too and you really really care so it's it's like you're a doctor with like really good bedside manner you know
1: (laughs) well thank you
0: you know it's
1: like like, I'm getting so flushed now. No, so it's
0: true. It's like, <laughs> take care of this harp. If you do this, it will feel better, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I just have this uncanny ability to hyper-focus hmm. for long periods of time. However, <laughs> on the flip side of that, hmm. uh, because I can hyper-focus like that, but it means I have to really, I block everything out sure as well and so like when i do get home from these australia is the toughest trip mm. because that's a 10 city tour wow wow it's really like on a plane off a plane work wow. on a plane off a plane work wow. and so by the time i'm in brisbane and i stay with people that's another thing staying with people keeps my humanity mm. and keeps me sane Sure. Uh, If I just stayed in hotels, it would be way too isolating. I'm, Mm -hmm. even though I'm a very introverted person, I am extroverted. I'm, I'm equal parts. Mm -hmm. And, um, so there is a point like when it's usually Brisbane and, uh, I have to stay in a hotel, but it's also the place where I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, where am I? (laughs) where am I? I really, it takes me a couple minutes to go. Oh yeah. I'm in Australia. And what city am I in? God, I'm in Brisbane. Okay. What are you doing today? Okay. If you're in Brisbane, this is what you're doing today. Okay. You just have to have that little morning wake up. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and- On the flip side of that is like, I go Tasmania. I mean, there's these harp communities in Australia that are absolutely wonderful.
2: Mm.
1: Absolutely wonderful. Like Tasmania is one of those special places Mm. and they have Harp Island. Oh. And um, it's a, it's a festival. Oh, okay. It's a Tasmania harp festival. Neat. (laughs) Violet, <laughs> you know, and um the harpists there get together. Uh it's a Camek sponsored event. And and these are people who, you know, there weren't harps on Tasmania. Hmm. You know, there weren't that many. And then a bunch of them started getting lever harps. And then through practicing and through the harp community hmm. communicating with each other and being nurturing to each other, Mm. have developed this wonderful harp island. Mm. It's great. So neat. There's another place, tiny town on the opposite side. It's out near Perth and it's a tiny little town and Perth has a very wonderful harp community as well, but that's more traditional, you know, what we would know here in the US, Mm. you know, they know each other, but they go about their business, you know, and their jobs and careers. So, there is a tiny, t- tiny town, Albany. You can walk across the town in like 20 minutes, mm. 30 minutes. It's very small. Mm. It's in this inlet, this wonderful waterway where you can see whales and, of course, oh, you see wow. kangaroos and etc. Mm. A woman's there, Christine, she started harp as an adult and then has built this harp community there. And I remember the first workshop I did there was like all these different lever harps. Just really bad. <laughs> oh. They were they were really bad. But oh. <laughs> that's what they had. Right, you know. It yeah. was like homemade harps, you know, just harps that that were available mm. to them in the moment. Sure, sure. And that was when she, so she actually was she had a Kamek lever harp. And so through having the Kamek lever harp there, they could see, oh, the simplicity, the, the evenness, the lower maintenance. And and so they started all buying Kamek lever harps. Hmm. And so now there's this community of like 15 lever harps there in this teeny weeny tiny little town. Wow. That is a five our bus ride from Perth to get to. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and Christine has a pedal harp. Mm. So I think now there's like two pedal harps there. Wow. You no, know? So it's just watching this community grow from like no harps to mm. a hodgepodge of different, way different harps. Mm. And just, it's just wonderful. Mm. It's really just so wonderful. That's so neat.
0: I don't know what it is about the harp community that it just seems so welcoming too
1: i feel like there's something special about the lever harp community Hmm. i'm not the pedal harp is a little more formalized right right. i think i think that's what it is it's Hmm. more formal um whereas the lever harp world is just more bohemian
0: It's the fiddle versus the violin kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah,
1: kind of like that. Yeah. But not less sophisticated. And that's where people get confused, I think.
0: Everybody knows you for your superhero (laughs) skills, superheroine skills. What's something else that people might not know about you that you'd want to share?
1: Well, I'm an avid gardener. Oh, (laughs) oh, neat. (laughs) Yeah. We moved way out to the country uh, when I was like four And we had a giant garden and my dad actually crossbred iris Hmm. and we had a whole field of iris. Wow. And that was his big hobby. I always liked, you know, following him around and, you know, being his little shadow Hmm. doing that. Hated weeding though. (laughs) Hated it. Hmm. Oh, did I hate, I was, (laughs) I was, I hated it so much that. He would send us out, he would send the older kids out there to go weeding. And um there was one week all the weeds came back twice as big. My dad was <laughs> like, wasn't this your row? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> Oops. And he figured out because the weeds were tiny mm. when he sent me out there, all I did was turn the dirt over. <laughs> I didn't pull the weeds at all. <laughs> I just the dirt over. <laughs> that was me clever girl I was very clever girl
0: (laughs) so now like you're gardening
1: do you just do flowers you do like uh, vegetables I've morphed so I have a a wall of raspberries oh nice I've done tomatoes and cucumbers those are kind of my two big vegetable-y things Mm. so when I moved in there was nothing but weeds garbage and poison ivy that was the backyard lovely so it was it was awful. It mm. was disgusting, and now like I have I've I've transported rocks from Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> and so I've made pathways. I've made Aww. this. I've made raised beds from the rocks. Mm. Huh. Uh, like I make these islands out of the rocks because they're really big rocks. Mm. I mean. It's kind of ridiculous. It was many trips to Connecticut <laughs> yeah I have this very like curated garden now. Hmm.
0: Did you ever like record yourself like on flute or harp like you have any recordings at all?
1: uh except for you know college recitals? Yeah
0: no would you ever like consider doing that or not really
1: no okay <laughs> so, <laughs> hard pass yeah yeah but do you still play the no, hard but but I will say well I yeah I don't gig anymore mm. for no way it's just like mm. I'm too busy I can't practice every day there's no way and I can't practice on the road there's mm. no time um and, but um, once in a while, I'll give, like, a little house concert. Oh, okay. So, like, I want to prepare. I have a friend who lives in Brooklyn Heights, and she has a wonderful apartment. So I would really love to prepare for her place mm. uh, a flute and harp little recital. Cool. Yeah. And actually, Lynn Asness just recommended... <laughs> I, I've thought of this before, like, oh, you play flute and harp, you could do the Mozart Harp Concerto. Like, <laughs> like nothing. <thanks laughs> <well. laughs> Overdone. <laughs> but apparently there's this, uh, there is an arrangement of the Afternoon of the Fawn oh. for two harp and flute. Oh, neat. So then I could record the two harp parts and then perform. The oh, flute. yeah. I was like, oh, that's a really that i would do that's cool that do. awesome Seven.
0: yeah i've never heard you play i'd like i'd love to hear you play i did play flute with
1: sunita one year oh. at somerset maybe i wasn't there that year uh it was a very long time ago that's when it was still in somerset and it was a mock wedding <laughs> <laughs> so she was you know we had the whole hoopah. oh cute and we were playing her arrangements it was totally fun. It oh, was really cool. Fun. What do you have happening next
0: year? Like you've got like, or the end of the year, do you have anything going on? Like what's your. Well, I have
1: this Singapore trip coming up. So I'm pretty psyched about that. And then actually, uh, December and January are usually slow months. Cause it's high harp season.
2: Mm.
1: You know, December's high harp season. <laughs> Nobody wants their harps worked on cause they're gigging. Right. Like. Take those gigs, Mm -hmm. especially this year. Yeah, (laughs) do it, do it, do it. Yeah, and then because of Christmas, and everybody blew their money at Christmas, January is very slow, (laughs) and you're wiped out from all your gigs. (laughs) (laughs) So December and January they're they're pretty slow months. Right now, tentatively for February. Well, it's not ten. Hopefully, it goes Hmm. through. I'll have my first trip to Puerto Rico, which I'm super excited Mm -hmm. about. Also, because they have a sloth sanctuary. Oh, wow. I really want to go to the sloth sanctuary. Do you get to hold them? I don't know, but I hope so. So cute. Oh, I love them so much. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my word. I know there, I did find out there's a sloth sanctuary in Oregon. Really? Wow. Yes. Apparently. You can spend the night there. Unbelievable. That's cool. I love that. As things are opening, I love traveling. Like, I love being on an airplane. Mm. I just do. Everybody, like, it's an 18-hour flight to Singapore.
2: Mm.
1: I dig it. (laughs) Because there's nothing to distract me. I can just let my mind wander, look out the window, read, read. Do the thing, you know, just I get to be a sloth myself. <laughs> <laughs> I get to be my true nature. Mm. <laughs> I move slow, I don't go many places, <laughs> but yet I'm getting somewhere. Mm-hmm. Who knows what next year holds? Nobody knows. Yeah, you know, I don't know how long Singapore will be open, but we have to take the opportunities as they come. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of like just what happened with my career. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just be open to it and opportunities. Yeah. And say yes and to the open door. Yeah. How can people find you? You can find me on Facebook, of course. Liza Liza Jensen, New York City. Mm. It's pretty easy. There's not too many of me. Not too many of uh, Liza Jensen's in hmm. you know Brooklyn. Also you can type in Harp Tech and you can messenger me. You can email me Liza C. Jensen at gmail.com. Those are the two main ones. And you can certainly call me 917 696 5974. Someday I'm gonna finish a website. Sounds like you're Maybe. busy without
0: it. So
1: <laughs> I that's the thing is like Oh, I should really have a website because the other thing, because I do want to have these little videos Mm. because I want to start making the video, the string tying videos. Yes. Because there's problems with the ones that are out there. Mm. And the problem is they're not repetitive. Gotcha. If you don't know how to tie a string, you need the same step repeated over. Mm. And it's just like my class. Mm. It'll be, you know, and it's just one step at a time. I don't know why but I had this Bob Ross approach that I wanted to. do. <laughs> a happy little knot. Making make a happy little, happy little loops. Funny ears and <laughs> yeah. Just happy little loops and, you know, we're just going to do this and it's not going to be difficult and it's going to be calm and it's all going to work out just fine. Yeah. Totally. Yep. You,
0: you could Oh, you could do a whole What is that uh ASMR of
1: like that I kind of did one. Did you? <laughs> Not for real. It was by accident. <laughs> Harp yeah. ASMR. So I did this when I wasn't talking at all. Mm. And it was a very old uh, line in Healy with dots hmm. in the base wires. And they get dilapidated. Like, they get super crusty. You can't drill them out because you can't get the drill uh. in that space because of the column. So you have to use, like, it looks like a dental tool. Oh, I did see that. Uh, and, they're whi- and they're white. Like, yeah. Or they're actually very yellow, like really old, mm. aged teeth. And yeah, you just pick it, mm. like slowly pick, and like little pieces fly out. So mm. like that, and then somebody commented, you should do one of these. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like even restringing bass wires, because mm. that sound, like the. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Then, putting it on and doing the next one
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah there's I think an endless supply. I think so. Of I think these videos <laughs> that <can> be made
0: <laughs> I definitely think so. like love that you love what you're doing and you're so good at it and you're so approachable and you just really want to help out people by saying yes and like going down these crazy <clears throat> little routes that you find what you you know what makes you happy it's so cool.
1: And it was what a surprise to me, you know. <laughs> sure. To, to like have this career uh, that I never thought I I would be here. Mm-hmm. I never in a million years would have thought that I was in the gonna, you know, do this for a living. Yeah. Didn't cross it never crossed my mind. Not until it actually started happening. Mm yeah but you could you
0: see how invaluable you are to the community too thank so, you yeah oh it's true <laughs> don't just take my word for it <laughs> but thank you so much for for being here with me and
1: and chatting oh, buddy, and taking the time a out delight and it's yeah. so wonderful to see you you too you so long you can catch Liza
0: this summer at the Somerset Folk Harp Festival, which is taking place in Parsippany, New Jersey, and online. So the the festival is hybrid, and Liza will be regulating harps um, in person, obviously, and, <laughs> and then she will be conducting classes on harp maintenance and time strings and and um and things like that so check that out that's at somersetharpfest.com thanks for listening to moon over the trees music and theater productions podcast dive into the show notes at moonoverthetrees.com and if you enjoyed the show please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast